Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to mini episode 235 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from November the 16th 2022 and story number one comes from Samantha. I'm currently 21 years old and I've had many different types of sightings and experiences in my life. This isn't an odd thing though in my family as most of the women in my mother's family have the gift of seeing things, if that's what you'd like to call it. I've always seen things that others can't seem to. The earliest I can remember goes all the way back to when I was four. Now, I must also tell you that many of my most traumatic sightings happened in my childhood home. This home was passed through my family as my father's grandmother was the previous owner of it. Before her, I'm not sure who owned it. As a child, the first thing I remember was seeing a man walking down my staircase as I was sitting in the basement. The basement gave off normal vibes of any creepy basement. The basement was open, including the staircase only being covered by skinny wooden poles on the sides that were about two inches apart. It was large, with the laundry area, washroom, old kitchen space that was turned into a playroom, a bedroom and the entertainment room. This whole area was wide open, only having a door for the bedroom and washroom. In the middle held the staircase. I remember this staircase because I would count the steps often walking up. There were exactly 12. As a child I would refuse to go downstairs when it was night or day if I had to go alone. If I had to go alone I would creep down the steps slowly and attentively then I would race up them fast feeling like if I didn't something would grab my foot and drag me down. Going back to the man on the stairs. He never felt off, more welcoming, and as I described him, my dad told me he sounded exactly like his grandfather. I saw him rarely, but when I did, it was a good feeling. It was the other man that bugged me. There was a plump man that I would see in the basement often, and for some reason, unlike many ghost stories, all I would see was his head popping out from a door and smiling at me as I looked his way. This smile was not a happy smile, but more of a, if you come closer, I'll bite you smile. After a couple of times, I went to my aunt and she came in and helped to bless our house. After this, I rarely saw the man, if ever, when I was awake. I would still dream and in these dreams, I would wake up and fall back asleep and the dream would resume almost like a movie. The dream was always the same too. I would hear the phone ring and I would run through the house to the kitchen 
and grab the phone. The person on the phone would be my late great-grandma. She would say hello. Then a man's voice would take over the call and tell me to look at the stairs. The stairs that led to the basement were connected to the kitchen with no door. I would turn to the stairs and look down. As I looked, the room would start to spin and I would wake up with the sensation of falling. This dream occurred throughout my childhood until I was 14. I had it so often that it just became normal. The only place in my house I could feel safe was my bedroom upstairs. Until I was 14. When I turned 14, something changed. My room gave me uncomfortable feelings as I felt like I was being watched all the time to the point where I was compelled to move bedroom into the basement. Don't ask me why the fuck I moved down there, but I did. And I lived down there until I was 17. The room in the basement seemed peaceful and quiet as long as I kept the door closed at night. I would hear knocking and scratching on the door at night, but managed to somehow brush it off as it felt safer inside than anywhere else. It felt like no one was watching me anymore. Everything was peaceful and I didn't get the dream anymore. Once I turned 17, we moved out of the house as my parents had separated. As we were moving our items out of the house, I would get chased by the plump man up the stairs. This occurrence got so bad even in the daytime that I refused to help anymore. I never understood why he didn't bug me in my room downstairs but yet was compelled to chase me out. The first night in my mother's new home, I was nervous the man would have followed me. Thankfully, he didn't. Nevertheless, that night, I had the same dream again as I had when I was a kid. This time, instead of the room spinning, I walked down the stairs and into my room where the plump man sat on the floor smiling at me. The me that slept on my bed. It was like I was looking into the past. I watched him just sit there looking at me. Then I gasped as he turned to look at the dreaming me standing there, watching him watch the past me that was in bed and he jumped up. All these hands flew out of the walls and grabbed me. I woke up screaming. Since this night four years ago, I haven't had a dream about the house at all. And I can't get within three blocks of my old place without getting a prickly feeling on my skin. Oh, Samantha, why did you move into the basement? Why did you do that to yourself? I can only imagine, though, as a teenager, it must have felt really horrific to feel as though you're being watched all the time. Because you're already a teenager, you're already awkward, you're going through some shit. The last thing that you need is to feel not to feel safe in your own bedroom. Because I think for teenagers, your bedroom is such a safe haven. So I get why you moved. I'm only joking. Like, I do understand why you kind of went, OK, well, I'm not staying up here anymore. I'm just going to go down into the basement. Who Who is the man? Who is the plump man? poking his head out around the door and smiling at you with an evil smile like I'm going to hurt you if you get any closer to me and running to trying to grab you up the stairs who is that man I personally would be trying to find out a little bit more about the history of that house I think I guess if you're seeing your grandfather regularly it's like or somebody who you perceive to be your grandfather or who your dad says oh it sounds like your grandfather and it gives you a good feeling and that's fine you don't need to you don't need to explore that anymore you don't need to You don't need to open Pandora's box. You can just go, gives me a good feeling. I'm pretty sure it's my granddad. The end. That's fine. Plump man. Kind of want to know more about him. I very much dislike him permeating both your dreams and your waking state. You can't have it all, ghost man. It's not cool. It's not fair. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And story number two comes from Karima. I'm a real estate agent in Oregon. Oregon is on the west coast of the United States and there are a lot of small rural towns out here. The area where I was on this particular day does not have any mind-blowing history that I know of. It used to be known for its lumber and wood milling, which is like all the other towns around here. The town was established in the late 1800s and a lot of old houses from that era are still standing. Some have been kept up and are still beautiful Victorians that have been updated and some of the houses are less impressive and are falling down. My client and I were looking at the ones that were falling down. I'd only been a realtor a few months at this point and this was one of my very first clients. He didn't have a lot of money so our options were limited as to what he could afford so I had to be creative and luckily he was open to fixer-uppers and was not picky. He just needed a house. I picked Stan up for that day and I had several houses on the schedule. This was going to be about a four-hour road trip. Sometimes these drives can get a little bit awkward, especially when you're stuck in a car with someone that you hardly know. You might run out of things to talk about and have an awkward silence, but Stan was really friendly, funny and outgoing and pretty soon I knew his life story and we were singing along to the radio together. We looked at the first few houses on the schedule and then worked our way down the highway. We ended up at our last stop in a little town called Drain, Oregon. The population of Drain is 1,021. I'm sure that there's a lot of history in these homes with all the different people and families moving in and out of them over the past 100 years or so. This is the last house on the schedule. It's built in 1895. It's vacant and there's no power, says the listing. The house was listed in January and we are now in September. The asking price was $50,000. Dirt cheap. We both wondered why it hadn't sold yet. We walked up the walkway to the front door of this old farmhouse. It sat on a pretty good-sized lot in town. The lot is not fenced in, so it's wide open. You can walk around to the back door. The lot is about half an acre or more. It has a lot of potential from what we could see on the outside, but it needed a lot of repairs. The windows all had those little planter boxes for flowers outside, but they were rotted and falling apart. This house must have been so cute back in its day. I got the key out of the lockbox and proceeded to open the door. It was late afternoon and the sky was overcast, but the sun was starting to set and there was just enough light inside the house to see everything, 
but we had to be quick because the power was turned off and it would be dark soon. The house was fully furnished. Every single piece of furniture in there was an antique. There was a creepy organ in the living room as you entered the house and I turned to Stan and I pointed out the organ and I said, How much do you want to bet that thing starts playing by itself in the middle of the night? We both laughed as we crossed the threshold to walk inside the house. As soon as my foot touched the inside of the house, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and I got full body chills, but I didn't say anything. Stan turned back to me and said, I just got really creeped out. We both just laughed nervously. As we started walking through the house, I thought I saw a shadow move across the room, but I just told myself that it was probably my own shadow since the sun was setting and it was kind of cloudy. Stan and I started to make our way up the stairs to the second floor. The stairs were wood, but had an old carpet runner running down the stairs. And they did not feel sturdy by any means. And the walls going up the stairs were covered in a dark teal wallpaper with small pink flowers on it, which made the house look even darker. I only got through two of the bedrooms upstairs because I swear I saw that shadow thing again. Only this time I started to feel like it was getting kind of hard to breathe. It felt as though someone was watching us or maybe it was just anxiety because I was letting this creeped out feeling get to me and it was making me feel uneasy. So I started making my way back down the stairs because my every instinct was to get out of the house. Stan started talking crap about the house like what the hell were these people thinking? This is so ugly, what the fuck is this? I turned to him as calmly as I could in the midst of my panic attack and just said, Yeah, I'm going to wait downstairs because the house is creeping me out and I keep seeing a shadow that I'm not sure is mine. He just said, Oh, okay, you go and I'll be right down. I made my way back out the front door as fast as I could. I stood outside the front door waiting for Stan when all of a sudden I heard him scream and he came running down the stairs and he said, That was not your shadow, Karima, or mine. I urged him to go. And he said, wait, I haven't seen the kitchen yet. I asked him if he was actually thinking of buying the house, because if not, who cares what the kitchen looks like? I was ready to get the fuck out of here. He said, I don't know, maybe I do want to buy it, it's in my price range. I told him I was really creeped out with the house and I would wait outside and that he could go and look at the kitchen and take all the time that he needed. He told me, come on, Karima, be brave. It'll be okay. I'm scared too, but I really need to see this kitchen. So for a hot second, I thought about the commission on this place and how it was only going to be like $4 after I'd paid all of my fees to my broker. But then I thought, well, this might be a good story later. So I took a deep breath and I told him, okay, two minutes and we're out of here. But you need to stop saying negative things about this house. Because I'm noticing that whenever you say how ugly everything is, that shadow appears. So we both kind of laughed it off. We fist bumped and I hesitantly followed Stan back inside. We walked through the parlour with the creepy organ that plays itself at night and through a room which I thought was the formal dining room. But the room was decorated with a bunch of porcelain dolls and old antique children's toys and finally into the kitchen. The kitchen had an old wooden antique baby high chair or a feeding chair set up at the dining table with a porcelain doll sitting in it. The cabinets were old wooden cabinets from the 1970s so at some point somebody must have tried to redecorate. 
The countertops were tiled and the walls were painted a buttercream colour and the cabinets were a cheerful sky blue colour with little white knobs. There was an old tribal mask of some sort hanging on the wall in the kitchen. I stayed in the doorway of the kitchen and from where I was standing I could see through to the other rooms back to the front door so I could run straight out if I had to. I noticed that Stan was looking not so much as the kitchen and how much it would cost to fix or update it but more at all of the furniture and the artwork on the walls, like he was in some sort of creepy museum. At this point he looked up at one of the tribal masks that was hanging on the wall and he was like what the fuck is this? Some weird satanic shit. Before he even got the last word out of his mouth, it sounded like something had been thrown at him. It sounded like it hit the floor and shattered right at his feet. He jumped like 10 feet in the air and screamed. But in that instant, as I was standing there watching all of this happen, there was nothing. Nothing hit the floor and shattered, but it was loud and we both heard it. And he actually felt something hit him, but there was absolutely nothing there. It was completely invisible. We both ran out the door and got the fuck out of that house. I locked the door, and as we were standing outside making our way back to the car, he said, I can't believe that just happened. We walked around the back of the house to see if we could see anyone in the windows, because we were both convinced that there had to be someone in that house messing with us. The property was wide open, so it was easy to get to the back of the house. The grass was kind of tall, like up to our ankles, but it was dead, so we had to watch where we were stepping. We made it to the middle of the yard and we were both standing there in this huge unfenced backyard looking up at the house and talking about what had just happened and I felt something touch my foot. I looked down and there was a snake that slithered right across my feet so of course I screamed. I used to be a dog walker so I'm not afraid of snakes or other woodland creatures. It just startled me because I was not expecting it and I was already on edge. But because of everything that had just happened, I turned to start walking my way off the property altogether, thinking to myself that whatever it was that was attached to this house, it didn't want us there. I took a few steps and there was another snake. What I do know about snakes is that they're usually more afraid of people than we are of them, so if they know you're there, they usually move away from you. So this was not the same snake. Then, a few steps later, there was another one. It was like a fucking nightmare. I looked back and saw Stan dodging something in the grass as well. More fucking snakes. Are you kidding me right now? How did we not see these snakes when we walked through here on the way in? Did they just appear out of nowhere? We made our way back to the car and scratched this one off the list. The whole ride back to my office in Eugene, this was all we could talk about. Stan kept trying to figure out how he could feel something hit him in the leg and shatter when there was actually nothing there. He said that he didn't believe in stuff like this and he was still trying to reason with himself to explain away what had just happened. We were probably only inside the house for 10 minutes at most. This was my first experience with a haunted ass house and it was not fun. It makes for a really good story though. My client Stan did not end up buying the haunted house but he did actually purchase a home that was right down the street from this one. I always wonder about whoever bought it and if they experienced anything scary. Never mind who bought it afterwards. Who fucking decorated it? Who left it stuffed to the gills with porcelain dolls and antique children's toys and then a bloody high chair with a porcelain doll in it set up like it was being fed? Who did that? 
Now I know very little about snakes. Um, we don't really we have slow worms here, but I don't think we have snakes. And uh, famously, there's no snakes in Ireland. So um, my knowledge of them is obviously very limited. But I am pretty sure that snakes can throw things, and I'm pretty sure that snakes have special powers. Right? That's 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 just a fact for all snakes. I'm really loving as well as a side note that since I did a call out being like. You know, there has to be estate agents with, with loads of spooky ghost stories. The estate agents have come through. They are sending in those emails being like, yes, we do have some freaky stories. We see some freaky houses and some weird things happen. And I think it would be really hard to manage kind of your professionalism and your human nature. So it sounds like, Karima, you got like kind of lucky in that you could stand seems sounds like he was a really nice guy really comfortable and you could say to him actually this is free this house is freaking me out a little bit so i i need to leave it but i'd imagine there'd be some people where you don't have that level of comfort and you'd have to be like i can't leave this house but it is scaring the living bejesus out of me and i don't know what to do but that house sounds like it is absolutely haunted as shit if anybody is in drain oregon and is listening to this story and you're thinking oh i know that house send me an email let me know i want to know all about it I do think, however, the real horror of this story is the fact that you have to sit in a car with a stranger for four hours. There's no way. Put me into a haunted house that's full of ghost snakes or whatever. Put me in there instead because I'm not sitting in a car with a stranger for four hours. Not a chance. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Samantha and Karima for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from November the 16th, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.